another week and another episode of Goose Mind. This time, we are not depressed and sad because we're not talking about 365 days. Yes, I am still super salty that Rodrigo made me watch that movie. Thank you for asking. <laughs> Today, we are You're going welcome, to be discussing a bit the game industry, the PS5 event, and uh, some of the stuff that has been happening on Naughty Dog and City Project Red about their treatment of their workers. And yeah, as I mentioned, about new video games, because you know, we need a palate cleanser after the last episode. Today, I'm joining by my co-hosts, Rodrigo, Stafford, hey guys, and a very special guest, Ryan Busket. I hope I can hey, your last name again. <laughs> <Is that up>? <laughs> uh, Ryan over here is a friend of the show. He's a game designer and game developer, correct? Yeah. And we brought him over to talk about video games with us. Because uh, that we're is a bunch correct, of cool yeah. people designer that have never mostly, worked in yeah. video games in our whole lives. I, I actually sometimes I just watch them. We play them, but we don't make them. <laughs> when it comes to some... <laughs> Stream them. <laughs> I, so, as somebody who makes video real games, quick, I Ryan, too just so our audience know, tell us, tell us a bit about yourself as a, as a life as a game designer. <laughs> now, I, I, I know that you have a really crazy life background when you're like, what's part of a sniper okay. team? This had a whole Red Hot Chili Pepper cover <laughs> band, but let's focus on the video game part of it. Okay, yeah, the video game part of it. Uh, so I got into uh, the games industry close to five, year, five six years ago now. Um, it was something I always wanted to be in. I had actually moved to California to try to get into it, never got into it there. Uh, started running out of money in San Francisco, so I moved back east. And uh, it was when I moved back east and started looking for work that I, I uh, finally found my first job in the games industry. Um, so yeah, I, I ended up working for a few years as a, um, a designer for a mobile game. So that is the space that I know the best, is mobile. Um, and uh, it, it was a, a very, very popular mobile game that, because I still don't know some of the details of my <laughs> contracts, enough. I'm not going to go into too much detail about the specifics of the game here. <laughs> um, but uh, the... Uh, yeah, so I worked for a number of years on that game. I actually technically still do as a contractor. I just don't work for the company directly yes. anymore. But it is a mobile game that does a what we call a gotcha game, which is your traditional character collector type of game where you're also you're <laughs> often pulling a lot of random what you might call a loot box to see what you get and uh, hope you get the right thing. And it's it's, it's, it's monetization is entirely based on that. Um, <laughs> surprise mechanics, yeah, sure. <laughs> Yeah, they're loot boxes. Um, but uh, but yeah, so that's the, the just to get a basic understanding of the area of the industry. That is primarily what I designed for. I did character design. It is a um, a very well established and well loved IP throughout the world that our game is based off of. Um, so I've also got some experience in this in the game sector when it relates to actual IP and, and the, what, the higher what's end. What's the pressure of, in doing the, the character design the kind of for deals a, a well known IP sector? Um, because yeah. There's a lot of pressure because there's a lot of, because again, like, so to give a, a little bit of uh, insight into what I mean by character design, this is not the type of like, I'm not creating artistically a new character. Um, design in this sense, we're talking about game design and balance design and stuff like that. So um, we can like, we can really compare this to any franchise, right? So I'm not going to give away the franchise that I worked on, but let's say it was um, Futurama. Um, and we needed a new Bender character that fit a certain role. 
it would be my job to create that vendor character to create um the the progression of that character by in the terms of like how many items you need to upgrade them which items do you need to upgrade them how much is it going to cost to upgrade them over time they're going to start at this amount of power where do they end at the end of their journey after you're done fully upgrading them in terms of what they can do how powerful they are where they're going to be useful in the mm -hmm. game that kind of stuff so that's the kind of when i say design just so you know that's that's what i mean by the type of design that i do it's very spreadsheets and uh, um, uh, numbers and just looking at what exists in the system and trying to to find what's fun and, and go for it and, and, and achieve that. That's the, primarily what I did. And then I would also do systems design, which is the same basic concept, but on a more mm -hmm. systems level. So instead of designing a character, you're designing what you do with those characters. So, and so how you're you the guy with fun, blame, but also profitable nerfed, right? from a it's really interesting. standpoint. Uh, I have absolutely been the person who made Man, the decision you to think you know people. or yes, things in games. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> no, no, yeah, yeah. Like, no, I found really interesting what he's saying about like when you're designing all this kind of stuff. Like, oh, like this is the base of the item, and then it goes all the way over here. Because when you when you hear design, like straight up, like your mind goes yeah. like you know just painting and you know like this kind of like that kind of shit right and exactly, just going into exactly. really deep into what you're doing is just like really interesting for me because it just gives like another whole point of view when you see like those job po job mm -hmm. posters of like uh yeah we're looking for game designer and you see like the huge amount of fucking money that some of them makes and it's like oh well that that makes sense you know like with all this background that you're telling us <laughs> yeah and so like, i guess really to, to loop around to the real question uh that arthur asked me which was that um like the pressure of designing for a big IP, like it's, it really is. So like going back to the thing, like if I had to make a Bender, for example, for if, if it was a Futurama game um, and it was not just Bender, it's Bender from this episode because yes. the actual character itself that the person gets, that the player gets in their hand is just a picture. It's really just a picture. It's a drawn piece of art that we've made that represents a still frame of that character from that episode of that show. So not only do the, do the items and everything that I equip to them and the abilities and moves that I give them have to feel authentic to the character, they have to feel authentic to a player who has watched this episode a million times and knows exactly what that character's motivations and intents were in that scene, and they make sense to that. And they're authentic to that. Gonna, they always have to that's, deal with that, the guy That's where goes, you can really upset. Bender could it be Fry up. Why is Fry stronger than Bender? <laughs> <laughs> oh, absolutely. Especially with the IP that I work on. There are hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of characters <laughs> okay. that span 30-something yeah, right. years of All television. Right. So, <laughs> And for example, like going, still keeping it into your background, but like, let's say like you've been doing this, as you mentioned, the uh, IP kind of thing, uh, working for studios as a designer. Mm -hmm. Like, what are your aspirations in video games? Like, have you... How you like? Do you feel comfortable right now with what you're doing, and what is your like next steps, or are, do you still have like bigger aspirations? Yeah. Of, let's say like I want to direct my own game. I have. Well, I want. To, I want to have like this or that. You know. Absolutely. So uh, right now, as far as what I'm doing in the games industry, it's probably the extent of what I would be comfortable with anymore, unless I was doing my own thing. So, and that's. Still working for that other company that I was, I've been telling you about on the side as a freelance where I kind of get to make my own rules, more or less. I've got one specific thing that I'm doing on and I can kind of separate myself from some of the aspects of the business that I'm not the biggest fan of. And it's also I'm not living and dying by the success of that company while I'm, while I'm doing freelance work for them. 
because I also have a full-time job where it's more in the educational game mm -hmm. sector, where if I'm just going to be somebody's employee in the game sector, that's where I want to be. I want to be in something like that where every day, I, at the end of the day, I feel yeah. like I've helped people rather than found clever ways to rip yeah. them off. Um, <laughs> but yeah, if if I were to be you know full to, full on 100% games industry again, which I, I would absolutely like to eventually, but it's not going to be until I have a stellar idea personally that I think I can, along with friends, talented friends that I know, can bring to market. Uh, I don't know that I would want to work for a games company anymore. Yeah. Not at the moment, at least not with <laughs> pretty much any games company that 10 years ago I could have told you I wanted to list, work for. Yeah, at this point, I can pretty, it's funny pretty how honestly like a, say I would not like a, a similar, <laughs> so, like, I remember like 10 years ago going like, man, Blizzard's so good. Like Blizzard's like the best company of all. Like look at them today, right? And the uh, same thing for Bioware. Same thing for like, at one point Rockstar even. Yeah, yeah. So, w what's what's your experience with video games companies? Like, mm -hmm. I asked because especially now, you've probably seen this, but the video game industry and Twitch and pretty much a lot of things are pretty much kind of on fire with allegations of uh, like a boys culture kind of scenario. Mm -hmm. And I just really quick lunch, like, how was, would you say you had like a generally good experience in the video game industry? Absolutely. Um... If there's one thing I can absolutely praise the company that I worked for, for, and I don't, I, I honestly don't put this on the company or its culture, at least as written. I really put this more just on the talent that was there, being just a general, genuinely great group of people. Um, but uh, we were really ahead of the game. I think when, like, right off the bat, when I started there five years ago, it was very, very much. Like they, we made it very clear, or at least they did in, in, in kind of in, in the culture and the way everybody communicated with each other and the way everybody worked together, that um, it was an open and uh, equal partnership of, of creatives that was working together and not a uh, not like what you hear from the horror mm -hmm. stories. I've definitely seen plenty of that, but not in the specific companies that I've worked for. I've uh, been very fortunate in that um, high for. for for the industry, high percentages of, of women employees, high percentage of, of people of color working for the company, that kind of stuff, something that you don't often see. And that was something that we were very fortunate to have. Um, so yeah, personal experience, no, I don't have a lot with the kind of toxic yeah. development culture that you see um, from that perspective of it. If you want to get into crunch and things like that, I have seen that. Um, but uh, from the perspective of equality and whatnot there's always always they definitely always have room for improvement but um the companies i've worked for in the game sector have have done a very yeah. very good job um which again is not the norm i'm not trying to say that's so, the norm for the games industry because so you're not. implying or you're saying like there there's still like these stigmas and these inequalities in the gaming industry as a whole Oh, absolutely. Um, I would I would say there's a pretty direct correlation that the bigger and more popular a games company is, the more likely you're, you are to see that that kind of stuff. I mean, just if you just follow the reports coming out of studios, even more so today than ever before, um, there is still a really, really um, toxic sort of anti-employee and, and even beyond that very men's club uh, mentality in the games industry as a whole. Absolutely. Um, and a lot of that is going to come from the fact that the games industry has weird turnover in that um, people who are successful stay in the games industry for a long time. 
um, and the games industry is big, but especially when it comes to designers and if you really want to get into it, auteurs, there's not a lot of room in the games industry for that. So because of that, um, people tend to stay for a long time and you don't get a lot of like kind of fresh talent flowing in and fresh ideas flowing in as often as it could be. It's getting better as indie scenes are growing. Um, but for a long time, that's been a big problem where you get the same kind of group of people making the same ideas and making the same games and running things the same way as they always have and kind of um, limiting the market and limiting the, the, the types of ideas that can be coming yeah. through. But, but also, I think, as you're mentioning, like the the industry, and, and I'm saying it as an outsider, right? Like, I, I cannot be like, for mm-hmm. a fact, this is it, this is what's happening. But I think, like, years ago, you couldn't, like, hear or, like, it was not well known, at least for the people that we were not, like, super into video games or something, like, names such as, like, Kojima or Cory Balrog or Ed Boon. Like, you, you never knew who was directing these games or who is the person in charge of these games or something. You knew they they came from a company right. and that's cool, right? But uh, as as you're saying, mm-hmm. like I think now that the indies are growing up, like the the visions are pretty clear. Kind of like in film, like you see a game and you see like, oh, this guy has something to do with it or something. So I don't know if like that could in a like in a span of like I don't know maybe ten years could uh, show like a real change now that we're more. Um, how do you call it, more informed in who's doing our games and what is happening behind the scenes, maybe? I would, I would absolutely like to think so. Um, I mean, like, like you just mentioned, um, the whole, like, especially if you go back even further, if you go before Kojima a little bit, not even before, because if you think about it, he was working during the NES days. But um, during the NES days, um, we had no idea who yeah, made no. any of these games. All we knew is Nintendo made it or, or Sega made it, and that was by design. Um, that was a big part of the, the game's culture coming out of Japan in the early days was these designers and developers weren't allowed to put their names on the box or in the credits because they were so terrified that if somebody plays a game and falls in love with it and then sees a designer's name in the credit, they oh, might Jesus. call that designer up and say, hey, I've got some more money. How about you come make a game for me? So they literally wouldn't let them have a name. They wouldn't let the, let them let the world know that they made this thing. Um, so by design, That's they so didn't crazy have names compared to they had today, fake right? names. We were talking about that the other day, but now like you have that case, right? And then nowadays you have like again, Last of Us Two. Everyone, everyone mm-hmm. knows. Everyone knows who yeah, Neil Druckmann is. Right. Like, Where everybody thinks that Neil Druckmann like made it himself. Much, right? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And he like and like not 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 to discredit him in yeah. any way. His job is incredibly difficult, but he probably did like four lines of code in that game. <laughs> Like, you know, like it's, it's, he's, he's a designer. He's like, if I were on a AAA project, he's doing the things that I would probably be doing, which is never touching code and completely being, uh, about ideas and, um, market research or knowing what you need to know to, to make sure an idea is marketable and is going to work in that game type and all of that. I have a question in that regard, like. Because I've seen, like, especially here in Vancouver, it seems like there's a lot of, like, gaming jobs or whatever. Like, there's some, mm-hmm. for example, production managers and all this kind of stuff. Is, is it possible for somebody that, that does have, doesn't have, like, any experience in video games to work in the, in the gaming industry in some roles? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Without having absolutely. to know any absolutely. code, any <laughs> nothing like that. I, I can't code. <laughs> I, can, I can't code. I can't. I know... I know some basic scripting languages and whatnot, but that's all I need to know because I'm not a coder. I'm not a develop. I'm, 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 
technically under the, the, the word developer is kind of an umbrella word. So pretty much anybody who works on the game is considered a developer. That doesn't mean that they can code. It doesn't mean that they've ever touched any of the code. It doesn't mean they've even ever touched the game. They could be a producer who's, who's just about connecting people together and making sure that I have what I need at all points in time, you know? And, like, I would say the producer's probably the most valuable. <laughs> no, don't say that to him. Don't say that to Rodrigo. But, um... The... <laughs> <laughs> don't... You're gonna put Rodrigo's at ego right over. <laughs> all right. Uh, but, but, like, I would, I, would, I would assume producer's job yeah. is not too different in the games industry than it is in, in, in film and things. Like, the, the producer, at least from the games side, of the, they don't necessarily need to know the game. They need to know games. That's for sure <laughs> for the producer role. They need to know games, but the but yeah, their their job for us is making sure teams have what they need to work together, making sure that all the information that we need to have is available to us, connecting to us the things that we need to know, doing market research or leading teams that will making you know the the, the producer is kind of the glue of our of our team. So that that's that's a huge thing. Um, but yeah, there's all kinds of roles beyond that. You don't necessarily like. QA is something you can learn on the job if you're just somebody who's gen generally a technically minded person. You don't need to know the game. You just need to be taught how to play the game. And then now you can repeat the tasks and be able to, 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 to keep track of that kind of stuff. Um, but yeah, there's definitely plenty of jobs that you can do without, without knowing how to code. Or if you're an artist, you know, you can always be a character designer or, not, or the, you know, an actual um, concept designer or a uh, um, assets designer or do music work, script work, if you're a writer, all that kind of stuff. There's all kinds of places to get into the games industry if you don't know. No, how to and play. I think it's really cool that you just explain everything because I think sometimes, even with film, but I think mostly with video games, like people have like this stigma of like, oh, like I don't know how to do all this fancy stuff uh, for me to be able to put myself in, like put my foot on the door, right? And just like knowing that mm -hmm. there's a huge variety of skills that you can apply for video games. It's just like somebody might yeah. hear this and be like, oh, well, I can give it a try, and if it works, it works, right? Uh, but, but also, you mentioned something, and it's completely apart, but you mentioned repeating tasks. Uh, I, I've heard that in the gaming industry, there's like these really demanding hours of job, kind of like in film, but it seems like even more extreme. Like, how? what can you explain us about that whole situation of like spending pretty much days in the studio or whatever? Yeah, so <laughs> luckily... I don't code. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I personally have never had to crunch. Um, I've seen plenty of weekends where there was a project, a game that was, uh, was actually the game whose failure ended up resulting in my initial, uh, my, my, my initial leaving of that company, even though I wasn't involved in that game at all. Um, but there was a game that we were working on. Uh, it was going to be the next game that we released. And um, it was another IP game. And uh, this one was a, a big movie studio. In fact, I, I think it's broad enough that I can say it was, I'm pretty sure it was Universal. It might have been Paramount, but it was that level of, of movie studio um, for an IP that they were, uh, that they were uh, had movies released in, but they were about to release a, a sequel. So they wanted a game to go along with it. And um, the game never ended up, ended up being done, but it was a very, very stressful relationship with a lot of moving goalposts in terms of deadlines and whatnot. Yeah. Um, and... Uh, I know by the end there, in the last six months of trying to do everything they could to salvage that deal, um, it was almost six straight months of and, and by, through the, the weekend, development like team on that working directly through the weekend. Every single weekend. We're talking at least 10. Jesus. 
a day on the weekend. So yeah, you're, you're that's and hundred so, plus hour weeks. They were working. yeah. I was gonna say because I've heard there's no over yeah overtime. <laughs> Jake was face. No. no? no. <laughs> what the fuck? Wow. This was a game in development, guys. They weren't even Jeez. getting normal salary rates. They were at yeah. a lower rate at this so, time. So, Ryan, you can, you can go and get for this, yeah. Wow. And then so they all I'm got laid just, off. Get, you guys don't have unions again. Because it game fell industry, through. And there's no developer union. No, it's starting in small Jesus. places. So like, but um, a lot of pushback. And it's it's hard in in such a big but so no overtime really no regular salary industry. pay and after it was done a lot of people got laid off that's insane. Well, also yeah. like now that you're like listing everything, now it makes sense that well it, it doesn't it's not right, but it makes sense that this situation is happening where where they taking advantages and bullying people into keeping their jobs because absolutely pretty much like they don't have anything to save them or to protect them from like all this kind of shit. Right. And it's also, it's such a hard industry to get into. It's so hard to get into. Like, yes, there are plenty of things you can do without knowing how to code all that stuff. I listed off, but truly, honestly, good luck getting the job um, because it's just so hard to get into. There's only, there's only so many develop, like, especially when it comes to the development, if you do know how to code, that's great. You're going to make good money in the games industry. But also at this point in 2020, people who know how to code are a dime a dozen. Um, there's, there's the design aspects of it, the designer part of it. We're, we're the biggest, most selfish ones. We're the ones that have been in this industry. We stay in the industry for till we freaking die and don't let anybody else join. Um, so that, that, that one's tough to get into. And so because of that, it really becomes, I hate this term because they're the ones that, that, that ruined it, but passion work, right? It's that whole, like our, our people, you know, we don't look at this as crunch. Our people are willing to do this work because they're so passionate about the project they're working on. They would do it for free if they had to. And that's, that's the excuse you hear over and over again. And they're able to, to get away with it because it's you know it's the it's the games industry for people who wanted to be in the games industry and made it in the games industry effectively in their head their dream has come true how could they question any of the rules about how it operates you know and in reality they're just being taken advantage of left and right yeah that sounds straight up like just well not the film industry but just like film industry Again, in some, we, we, in some we, places I, art in general yeah art right? in general like, like, probably like, has heard as well something yeah. going for you yeah but the crew's passionate they're gonna work 14 hours then get a bus and walk on snow to get on set at 5 a.m without breakfast <laughs> or 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 working for exposure <laughs> that, that actually Working for yeah. exposure. So, okay, yep, since we're on the topic, the I want to read two headlines for you guys. So, the first headline is CD Projekt Red asks developers to stay overtime as the final push for Cyberpunk 2077. And the other headline is, this is a bit older one, but uh, CD Projekt Red wants to be known for treating developers with respect. I don't work in the game industry, but I, I, I feel like there's a disconnect between these two headlines with the true goals of these two headlines. Hmm. Well, for sure, like, if they're putting, like, in this headline, ask, like, sure, they're 
asking quote unquote but like the it's, it's pretty much i i at least i believe it's instigation like yeah like you cannot like uh, if you don't want but, to come but don't someone come, else right? will come like we'll your job we'll is not secure some. with us kind of shit yeah somebody else like will that. come because we'll Absolutely. find somebody I think, else like I, I, i've been talking to this a different number of people right like a lot of developers do what ryan just described to us cd project red naughty dog rockstar bioware with their bioware magic bullshit and something like and like it's getting to the point where like I, I like I always stop to think about Red Dead Redemption Two, one of my favorite games of all time. But there's one thing about that game that infuriates me is that someone crunched a lot to make sure that a horse has balls that grow in the winter. Shrink, shrink. Okay, good point. Yes, shrink. Good point, because right? so, so, someone did slave away for that, so we better we, we better clarify. Both someone, mechanics. Someone crunched a yes. lot on yes. Cyberpunk, yeah. a first-person game. So dick physics would be working properly. So you know, yeah. Like, at what point is it too much, right? Yeah. Well, rather than what point is it too much is like, yeah. But at the same time, it's like, is it too much for what they're getting for? That's the the question, right? Because if they extended, like, I don't know the development time that even though like uh, probably Ryan can tell it, like how many like these AAA games uh, take time to make or whatever but uh, but yeah like if they got, got like good salaries or something I, I wouldn't mind like doing like dick physics or something right but like if they're just like paying you a shit amount and just like treating you like shit like I don't think it's worth it at least yeah I think I think really the question is what was the human cost of that feature right like yeah. Something being clever isn't worth a high human cost. You know? Um, and like and here's the thing is like I think that that's an awesome feature. I think I'm the kind of person who totally digs something like that. I'm the kind of person who absolutely loves the the, the, the tiny little things that just show like they're practically useless as a mechanic and as far as the actual enjoyment or gameplay works. But all they really serve is as is as a uh, just kind of a little bit of a window into the mind of the developer and what level of detail that brain thinks about, you know, like what kind of what what level of of of, uh, yeah, of detail or just like how deep they are willing to go on whatever their goal was. And in the case of Red Dead, it's surely realism is what they're going for in that in that instance. But. Um, that's only impressive to me if you can afford to do it on uh, on on standard work weeks with properly paid teams. If you had to make people work overtime or make people essentially be away from their family, potentially take less money, potentially putting health at risk because of how much they're working so that you could pull off your dick physics, then, then it's not impressive to me anymore. Now, it, it's kind of like... It's, 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 it's like seeing a really cool magic trick, but then finding out that they bought it from a store or something like that. You know, like it's, it's like you didn't, you, part of what was impressive about that wasn't just that it was in your head. It was that you were able to do it within the constraints of the art. And my, in my opinion, um, uh, part of the constraint of the art is human work hours and, and, and like not, not pushing people 
beyond their limits or beyond what we've established as a society is cor the correct amount of time for someone to have to dedicate to their job in a, in, in a week. Like it's a totally different thing when you're making your own game, right? Like it's, that's an entirely different thing. If I was making my own game and working 200 hours a week on it, like or if a friend of mine was doing that, I'd be like, yo, you should probably calm down because it's not healthy to work 200 hours a week. But at the same time, like that person's not, there's no pressure in there in any way for anybody else to harm themselves. It's just that person yeah. doing it. And that, that's a passion That's a passion project. project, yeah. It's not, it's not a passion project when I'm really, really excited to work for your company, but at the end of the day, it's still your company and your game that's making millions and millions and yeah. millions of dollars, and I'm still just getting my salary. And uh, again, regardless of how I probably much know this better than me, so you can correct me if the stories are wrong, but like I just heard, like, I just read some horrible stories about how developers are treated. So I think Jason Schreier talked about it in the case of Bioware, where developers were pretty much crying because, like, they were, they're not crying, but there were tears coming out of their eyes because they were just too tired and had to keep going. And then you had, like, the stories from Naughty Dog and how they were yeah. forcing developers who were not only in overtime, but they also had to be researching gruesome, gruesome, gruesome pictures of dead bodies so they could replicate the physics on Last of Us 2. Right? And, yeah. Like, that's yeah. just too much mm -hmm. right and like not getting paid overtime for that right not yeah and so, so, so the way they usually because obviously so uh, like in in the states at least if you're salaried you can they, you can work as many hours as you want there's no such thing technically as overtime for a salaried employee that's usually a separately um uh, discussed and, and, and agreed upon thing and the traditional model from the AAA side of things is overtime is rewarded via bonus as long as the game hits a certain Metacritic score. So, okay, so th that's what people talk about. Like, I think I read this about a, f a Follow New Vegas, mm. how the developers got held mm. their bonus because they're like 0.1 lower. Yes, they were point one off. I believe they needed to have a a nine point four, and they had and a again, fun in Vegas, but like oh, that's what, eight months. Like they they yeah. get they. Yeah, yeah. Fallout Fallout New Vegas yeah. was a beautiful game made under horrible conditions, and uh, still extremely successful. But it, it, it's not and, how yeah, those things go, go right? They're like they were point off. again back to Jason Schreier's article on Bioware. One thing he mentions is that one of the things that hatched that put the hatchet on the company was uh, Dragon Age Inquisition got the Game of the Year award. Because when it did, it, valid, it just gave validity to every single hour of crunch the, the company made the developers go through. Like, hey, this is the method we go through. This is Bioware magic. We got a Game of the Year award of this. So we got to keep doing it. And Yeah. Yep. It literally allowed them to attach a buzz name to their terrible work conditions like it literally allowed to turn the term bad working yeah. conditions yeah, yeah okay yeah it's, 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 oh, like, when i say what's it said inside the company oh yeah no that's that's it's, 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 magic. yeah that's a term they have used yep and that's Bioware the way they explain their Man, developers pretty much up. it's yeah, yeah and yeah like Again, mm -hmm. we we probably at some point do a whole episode on the on the sins and the good parts of the gaming industry, because again, there's the, the whole crunch, there's the crunch, there's the whole boys club aspect of it. With Riot, one of the biggest developers out there, getting sued by a, a portion of its female developers, and now we have all the stories about also 
Twitch getting in the middle of it, and it's just been a strange week for uh, video games in general, I'd say. I, I, I don't know if it's just in video games. I've seen, like, in a bunch of industries, yeah. it's just, like, a lot of people is starting to speak out. And it's just, you know, like, I think we're in this kind of, like, transition era where we need mm -hmm. to realize all the sins and all the fuck that we have made <laughs> in the past. And it's just not, like, we, we don't, it's not, like, forgetting them because I hate that people try to just put a, cup, a blanket over it and it's like, oh, yeah, that never happened or something. It's just, like, we need to acknowledge, we need to apologize and, and, and move and, on. From and, it, you and, know, and learn from it, there and needs start to be like improving of, ourselves. Yeah, right? There, there needs to be, yeah, yeah. But for that, it, yes. it, for for that, it needs to appear a conversation yeah, that is not happening yeah. a lot, again, like it, outlets, it again, because like, it's uh -huh. just. It's why I kind of hate that Mixer just got the sh just got bombed, because the, the, what what happened with Mixer was pretty crazy. Like one day, an ex uh, employee of Mixer came up with an expose on how the higher management of Mixer was using racist language and being in general racist to him and other but he was the only black employee at the time i believe and instead of a conversation coming out of it mm -hmm. microsoft just nuked mixer mixer got nuked mixer doesn't exist anymore just boom yeah yeah mixer was on thin ice for a long time um the the head of microsoft i can't remember what his name is but the gentleman who essentially became the primary shareholder aka practically owner of the company um some 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 time ago after bill left um, he for a long, he's almost got, he's almost dropped Xbox like three or four times because he's, he doesn't have, uh, he, he's a huge businessman, right? And like, no matter how much money it, the games industry does and that it looks like it does, it's not the kind of money that this man is interested in at a Microsoft level. So he's generally speaking, anything games related at Microsoft, if it is all on thin ice and if it ever missteps, you can expect to see it disappear very fast. So like... If any of these types of, of stories came out about Microsoft employees themselves, like Xbox employees, I guarantee you probably would even see them and go Jeez. as far as just drop. Can, the it, Xbox can you imagine that? Oh, That's fuck. How much, like they are not willing, not willing to let Ooh. nonsense happen. Yeah, in that sector. Yeah, because because it, it, it is, is gone. It's, it's funny because Xbox Holy is shit. one of one of the biggest money makers in the game space. Still, such a tiny percentage of Microsoft's money, like it. They could lose it and not even notice a difference can, in their pocket. Can you imagine wake up one day and so. Xbox is just gone? <laughs> like, there's no Halo Infinite. It's, it's I know, right? Oh. Luckily, I, I have faith because, like, I've 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 not personally met, but I I I have followed for a long time Phil Spencer and a lot of people that are in charge at Xbox. And uh, generally speaking, they appear to be very good people. So I don't think you're going to see any kind any of this kind of stuff come out of them. But, uh, but yeah. But, but just yeah, if yeah, it happens, so Ryan said it here first. Ryan did vouch for developer. And, uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Some Nostradamus yeah, I mean, shit here. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no. No matter how much I like somebody, don't get me wrong. As soon as, if they come out and it turn, turns out that they've done some. I mean, terrible racist sex. The whole thing is loner, right? Anybody, was... like, a, like a bad habit, so. <laughs> Oh yeah, L Lono's somebody I've been following for some time now. He's been one of my favorite streamers, and then yeah, yeah I immediately dropped everything. I have no issues with yeah. Well, Lono was entirely after that after news like that comes out, and yeah, I, I yeah yeah say no to rage. Sorry, yeah, I, I would I would definitely like to uh, to say that like what we've seen happen, especially this past weekend, mm -hmm. um, is fascinating and amazing, and uh, we need a lot more of it. Like I, I'm so happy to see that like what looks like kind of the second wave of the Me Too movement starting out in, in this space that 
I'm more connected with was was really was really good to see. Um, and uh, like obviously, it's not good to see that so much of this stuff is happening, but it's amazing to see so much of it come to light. And yeah, I think we need we need to really have a reckoning and, and, and hopefully some more stuff. Everyone who comes right? out, like, we're, we're going to do another episode on this to talk about Twitch itself. Absolutely, but like Absolutely. just to put a point yeah. here is that like. I, like, mm-hmm. the, the one I see, like, from what I've been following, right, apparently BSK is under thin ice, not only with Twitch, but with the federal government as well. There's a, a, a federal investigation on Bomb Squad quitting, oh, wow. and yeah. looming, and all those guys. And the doctor, from all I've seen, like, the situation of Dr. Disrespect is a lot bigger than just Twitch banning him. But... Mm-hmm. But we don't even know what's actually going on with him right now. And but it, he like, was just he his disappeared last stream, from the internet. Like, if you ever had the chance instantly. to watch Disrespect's last stream, it's kind of creepy. He, it's he, it's he just it's kind of creepy. Yeah. So yeah, his last it's weird. So on his last stream, I don't know where. Yeah, yeah. Go, he sorry, looks go ahead. at his phone. He's like having a good time. I'm, I'm sorry. At I'm phone. not at all. His whole this, mood so. changes, and he just starts going on about conspiracy theories about coronavirus and shit and then at some point he just cuts the stream early but before he does there's like some people his wife comes by he talks to his wife on mute there's some talk on the back and then he just he does this fuck and cuts the scene cuts the stream and that's the last we've seen of dr disrespect that's the last you see it shortly before that he's like he's you can tell he's reading something so the the thing that was on in the background i don't know if you caught that was he he got something in the mail and then just threw some. He just went to YouTube and gra- grabbed the first Roblox stream. Oh, thing, that was a Roblox and just put that was on the playing, stream yeah. so that there was something okay. on the stream. Okay. While it, that was a Ro- there was a Roblox video. He wasn't even playing anything because because he was just reading whatever it was. Yeah, and then he starts saying things like, "Don't worry, chat. We're all gonna get through this. Things are really weird right now. We're all gonna get through this." And then he's silent. And then like like, like Arthur just said, he yeah, just goes, it's, "Fuck!" It's, and then just cuts the stream. And then we get the news. So weird. The Twitch. whole thing was so and then weird. From like every like journalist I've seen, a CNN journalist actually talking about this. Apparently, mm, yeah. it is a lot bigger than just Twitch banning him. Absolutely. Yeah. That's that's what what's come out Absolutely. so far. The thing is, like the, the the funny thing is, like nothing really from any official sources. All all we've seen from Twitch officially is anybody is- who subscribed to him got refunds. They got emails saying that their 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 money's being refunded, which and, is not uh, their subscriptions being normally canceled. the case for Twitch. They, they, I never seen them refunding subscriptions before. No, I don't think I've ever seen them hard yeah, again, ban a popular streamer before though yeah. either. You just don't see this. You don't see somebody at the like this guy's mm-hmm. quite literally the biggest yeah, player with Ninja in, in and their entire world and other places. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, well, yeah, yeah. Yes, Rodrigo. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, I, I just give it my piece. Like, I think, uh, as Ryan mentioned, it's just like, it, it's fascinating to see all this happening at the moment. And it's just something that, like, you didn't expect. Like, this second wave of, like, Me Too and speaking out and all that kind of stuff. Uh, it's really good. Just, and not just only for, for women, you know, like, it's with everything that's happening with the world, like the Black Lives Matter uh, movement and now. Like, even right now that we're speaking about these whole issues in the gaming industry, like, I think, yeah, sure, like, a lot of people use the internet and mobile devices and a lot of, like, social media in stupid ways. But if you think about it, like, a few years ago, there was a whole revolution in Egypt just by social media organizing it and doing all this kind of stuff, you know? So 
we can use these tools to make the world better. It's just the way we enhance it to give voice to those people that ha didn't have a voice back in the day or because it was just like a really enclosed space or just under stupid pressure or circumstances or whatever. Like I think nowadays you have to behave like a better human being because sooner rather than later, you're going to be called out for it. And you're going to not only fuck up yourself, you're going to fuck up a whole company or a livelihood from somebody because of your stupid shit, right? So I just think like, it's, it's a way that we're going to move forward. It's a I mean, transition era that like, we're going to suffer some of us. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I, I think as, as Ryan mentioned, it's like either we drop some people and we expect them to be better whenever they come back, if they come back or, you know, like we have to yeah, keep moving exactly. forward as a society uh, as a whole we'll do another episode again we're just repeating this one more time we're gonna do another episode on this but again i, I just be saying this because like <laughs> again i want more of this stuff to come out i want to know what happens to dr disrespect i want to know what's going to come out of bomb squad quittance and uh, lumi so w once we have more information we will do another episode in depth on not only that but twitch culture we plan on bringing some streamers on talk about it and why don't we now move on to some happier news since we talked about a lot of sad stuff, this today, right now, and as well, last week, 365 days, let's uh, talk about some goodies. Let's talk about some video games. Let's talk about some happy stuff, right? There's a lot of suffering on these things. Clearly, there's a human cost to them. But let's also talk about the good part of them. Did everyone here watch the PS5 event or follow the games on it? Yeah. <laughs> I've seen it a few times. What about now, you, Stafford? <laughs> uh, I was in a that, that place with very minimal <laughs> internet <laughs> connection and like very minimal power the 11th, for the yeah. last week. Was it two weeks ago? Yes. Okay, we'll see. The week before that, I was yes. preparing so for being in a place <laughs> with minimal power and minimal internet connection <laughs> for Finally. a week. It's a sneaky mission, yeah. Finally. Yeah. The sneaky the, mission. The king has returned. The uh, the king has come games. back. Uh, we got, did anyone have any highlight from it that they love? They want to talk about video games. First off, like <laughs> right, fuck okay. that fucking really <laughs> love GTA GTA Five at the beginning of that conference. Like <laughs> that was talk about it. Oh, yes, I did hear about this. I did. Anybody I did who's excited about, about Grand Theft Auto Five <laughs> on the seven thousandth platform. And like, again, I don't know if you guys really? had this reaction. Like, yeah, I, watched, I watched the VOD later because I was doing. I was actually recording a podcast with you guys. I think when it was happening or something. So I was watching. I watched the VOD later on, and I remember like just seeing the Rockstar logo and going, "Holy fuck! Yeah, it's GTA Six. They're gonna announce it. Yeah. Oh, it's uh, it's Los Santos again. That's a uh, okay. That's a nice location. I guess they saved it. They they saved dev time by using the same map. That, that's and interesting. Then, <laughs> I just hear like Michael's choice. voice, and then he goes going to the original trailer, and I'm like, motherfuckers. No, yeah, like I told Arthur when I was watching the stream that it was going to be kind of like, you know, like showing kind of like the trailer from GTA 5 and whatever, and then like halfway through, it was going to be something like along the lines of like this cliche thing of like, and this is what's coming next, you know? And then cut to, and they show, like, a whole new city, new characters, all this kind of stuff. Right, right. And then, like, I see the GTA V coming yeah, to Yeah, they didn't oh, show the, the Bungie off. type of like, video, where they show, like, seven years of development and then four new expansions or something. But nope, it's uh, just GTA V again on third. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. screw yeah. you guys. 
Yeah, no, that that really rubbed me the wrong way when yeah. the, when and, the and conference it, started. It was just like, man, really. Open, for the... And to open on like, ser- like I mean, that's just that's just Rockstar partnership stuff. Like that's just, hey, we've got this tight partnership with Rockstar, and that's just them probably calling in a favor. Like, hey, we want to be at the opening of this thing. You owe us because of X, Y, or Z, and uh, here you go. So now you get to open your next gen big reveal with it's a seven seven year old. What is yeah. it? Seven and, and eight year old like, game at this point. Yeah. It was released yes, PS3. It was, yeah, it was like this. It's like yeah, right? it came out on PS3. Last yeah. was one actually. Yep. They're both kind of yep. this, this one song of the generation. Yeah, yeah. And it absolutely was the same. Man, yeah. Again, I'm looking at the catalog of games they announced. Right. Like, if they wanted to, like, again, I'm sure, like, it's what Ryan said. It's probably someone at Rockstar called in a favor because they wanted to open up a remake. They had Demon Souls. They had Demon Souls, which. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Demon Souls. Demon Souls doesn't unfortunately have the excitement factor to the mainstream that even the seventeen three release of Grand Theft Auto Five does. But yeah, Demon Souls is <laughs> or a like Spider Man Miles game. or like Ratchet and Clank, like any of other another actual PS Four game that's not GTA Five. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, there was only one actual PS Five game at that show, but we'll get into that. Man, like that Spider Man like Miles thing, like. I know, like it has so, its setbacks or whatever, but it just looks so fucking good. Like that. Oh yeah, so yeah that's gonna good. that's gonna be cool. It's gonna be fun. I think I've got a feeling I'm gonna truly enjoy Spider-Man uh, Miles or whatever they're calling it um, because of what it is. Um, Spider-Man was a fantastic game. That's super. And this is kind of this is probably kind of my theme for video games as a whole in the modern area era, which is it's super overstated. It's welcome. In my opinion, that game was way too long and way too open world. <laughs> it didn't need to be, um, so much repetitive nonsense in that game that I just completely ignored. Um, whereas miles is going to be one of those mini, mini side game things where it's kind of like a DLC, but it's not really a DLC because it's standalone. I think they're saying like six to eight hours long. So you're yeah. to me you is the sweet spot every for that kind of game. Back in New York. Are you e? Absolutely not. Only the ones that Are were tied to o- costumes that I cared about. Can you even call yourself a gamer? <laughs> yes, I like. Do I like, you even play? I like playing <laughs> games, Destiny. not checking off. Lists. Don't you have like a thousand hours in Destiny? Or something? <laughs> uh, come on, you've got to fill up the bars and get all the I have experience. Way more than a thousand hours in Destiny. Yes, too. <laughs> Oh, I just was gonna say, yeah, you gotta oh, check off all the boxes, man. You gotta, you gotta fill up sure. all the bars, get all the experience. One hundred percent. You gotta all 100%. the loot boxes. Not ninety nine point nine. One of the best 100%. things I ever did for my enjoyment of video games was break my need to complete them. Well, you you say that, but again, please teach me. I don't know how much I believe that. Teach me, please. Did, have I completed I, I, it? Can one complete I, I Destiny? Mean, so I don't, I don't have to worry about Jesse, being Jesse's on his way. So yeah, Ryan's yeah, brother De- also crazy. Yeah, for sure. Um, for me, with for me with Destiny, it's purely that it's one of the best ten Shooting second games that's ever been so much fun created. Bungie just knows how to make And yeah. And, and, and talking about like talking yeah, about like I've seen that. No, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, talking so I see we're going diving into, into my the other border thing. Uh, no, the thing is, like, I think <laughs> there have been a lot of like talk between a lot of the games that were announced, but nobody's like making a big fuss yes. about Hitman Three. Yes. And for me, it's one of my oh, favorite games. Yes. Like, no. Oh no, no. 
Hitman, I'm, I was so excited for, for that trailer. That was, that was huge for me. And I'm going to be honest with you about something, and I feel terrible about this. I still yeah. haven't beat Hitman 2. I played Hitman 1 like 17 times. I kept replaying that game. And then for some reason, honestly, I think it's because they released the whole thing at once. I loved yeah. the episodic nature of Hitman 1. Because I could get a mission and just keep replaying it for a month. Or however long it took for the next one to come out. Just anytime I had free time, I'd just like replay Sapienza again and just like keep redoing it and finding different ways to do the things. And then when it's bundled, I'm just like, okay, I finished that one. Let's move on to the next one. And I'm, I'm losing a lot of that replay excitement that I used to have. Even though I still can do it, it's entirely it's a psychological interesting it's thing. the opposite format. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Hitman, when they went back to the, like, they went back to the episodic really? format on the last one, I believe. And that's when I dropped Hitman. Did they? Well, two. I thought they released two just all at once. So they? I feel like I bought two when it came so out. Was, and it was just I don't know if it was a, every yeah, the whole game was there. So long. But the one after Absolution, they yeah. dropped. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah, that was yeah, the yeah. first. That was the first one. Hitman. Yeah. It was just called Hitman. That was after after Absolution, and that was their it first was like the episodic reboot. Hitman game. Yeah, that was so the first that, Hitman that's when I dropped it. <laughs> enjoyed. Um, but yeah. <laughs> No, I, I agree with Ryan. Like it's yeah. happened. Like I, I know there's a lot of people that, for example, when the Telltale games were the biggest hype or whatever, like a lot of people were dropping and, and say like, oh fuck, like I'm just going to wait like a year for it to mm -hmm. be like all complete, you know. But for me, I like to waiting. Like I, I like like keeping the cliffhanger and then like going back into the game and saying like, oh fuck yeah, like you know, kind of like if I was watching a series, kind of shit. So that's funny. So cause, for, yeah, sorry. sorry. No, no, no. Go ahead. Uh, go for, ahead. for me, for Telltale games, it was the it was the opposite. For Telltale yeah, games, possibly, I was yeah. like, I have to wait till it's done because it's just a story. Like, there's no gameplay in those games. It's just a story. So I'm like, I want the whole story. Whereas Hitman, I feel like the story doesn't matter. Like the story's oh, there, no. but that the story doesn't matter. You're playing that game because of the cool sandbox, the cool mechanic <laughs> sandbox, the weird murder sandbox that you get. Man, you it can kill someone with a freaking fish. Yes, Come you on, can, like, and it's a blast. I, I think about Telltale as well. So <laughs> like, fucking never fish, man. Really tell you when another episode was gonna come out. I remember like Wolf Among Us. Like it, it was like four or five yeah, months yeah. between episode yeah. one and two because they had to rewrite the whole game I, because I, someone got the plot in the first episode. Yeah. So. Yeah, but you know, like for me, like it was always kind of like. Because, you know, I had other shit. I, I played them in university, so I had other shit to do meanwhile. So every, like, three, four months, like, it was, like, that notification from Steam, like, saying, oh, it's downloading episode two. And I was like, oh, cool. Like, mm -hmm. now I, I get to play episode two, you know? Yeah, so I, so I, did, I, 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 wouldn't, I won't go into any details about it just because I don't want to break anyone's trust. But I do currently work with the, one of the guys, I, the lead designer in the, the educational game I work with, work on, uh, was the lead designer for most of the Telltale games that people liked. Um, oh wow! So I've heard a lot about exactly why sometimes you had no idea when the next one was coming out, and so, neither did anybody working you, 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 you on it. You need to answer, but I do firmly believe that I heard this theory is that like Wolf Among Us specifically took a long time because it was a mystery plot, but by episode one, people had figured out who the murderer was, and had to re and then. And that you remember oh really? Also. I don't know the story behind that. I, I can't ask him because he quite literally did 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 the the. Because um, like there was like a lot of hints of who the murderer was, so. and then people kind of figured it out from like episode one. Okay. And then after that again. Yeah. I I, I feel like I remember mm. thinking that I had a. Pretty, so like the game got not only the game got delayed, but like all the like oh next time on Wolf Among Us, all those scenes got reshot and like redone. So. Yeah. 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 Interesting. Yeah. 
Well, I, I will say specifically yes. with regards to Wolf Among Us, it's based off of a yes. graphic Fables. novel series that takes place after it. Yes. So it's also pretty easy Fables. to eliminate certain what you know about the future. Yeah. Oh, they're still around in the and, in the graphic series, and so obviously well. they didn't do it. Like what like, Stafford's saying, like half the cast is on the comic, so mm -hmm. kind of where it's going if you read it. Right, it's like, oh, you're trying to make me think it's this person. Let me just flip to the to the comic. <laughs> oh, they're still alive and nobody hates them. Okay. All right, great. Do you think I'm, do you think I'm still? No, they didn't huh? do it. A lot of people hyping up. I yeah. personally, everything I saw about this game just turns me away from it. But people are loving it, so I want to see what you guys think about it. Godfall, the gearboxes, the new game. <laughs> That's the reaction. That's... Really? <laughs> Lo like really, people are like liking that shit. Apparently, like, people are I, liking. I yeah, I, I, I saw a gearbox. <laughs> I was like, oh cool, I can go get myself a coffee. <laughs> <laughs> Man, no, like I, I saw I saw the gameplay thing in the, in the conference. In for me, but like, it looks, okay, it look, like it's it's so fucking it generic. Like, like, yeah, oh, what yeah, the fuck? Yeah. It just looks like cheesy gladiator nonsense. Like, I don't know. no. I and beyond that, you know, like they made the whole fucking thing of like Mortal Kombat of putting like a hip hop song that is like super out of tune with the aesthetics and everything, and like dun 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 dun. And they were like, fods, man, what the fuck is this? Sonic like, got striked because of that song. It's like, it's like such a gearbox thing. Really? Like a bunch oh, really? Of people fucked over because they use a pop. Yeah, of course, of course. They use a pop song on their thing. Yeah, but people are excited, man. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. man, that just brings up a thing that I didn't even think about in like the current method of delivering these types of conferences online. Like the the idea of like a Sony <laughs> yeah, getting yeah. coffee striked on their YouTube stream <laughs> is <laughs> like, yeah. wow. It's gonna do you. Oh dude. Yeah, but but yeah, like uh, talking about specifically like the game, I, I don't see like anything that yeah, will drag I me into playing it. I don't see it, anything you know? in that game. I I think I really okay. do think your boxes days are numbered. I don't, I don't know for sure, but like just anecdotally, I feel like Borderlands Three couldn't have done Especially. that well. Like it just, I don't feel like it ever had the, the zeitgeist kind of explosion that two did in any way that I've seen so far. Like, I feel like I haven't heard anybody talk about Borderlands 3 at this point it's, since after the first Especially if... Out. What do you mean? Um, especially, like, because he made the decision of making an Epic Store exclusive, right? Like, that, again, that kind of, like... I have my own problems, but, like, you've heard my story of Borderlands 3, how I got a collector's edition, and then Gearbox yeah, just fucked yeah. me over because of that. Thank oh, you yeah, so yeah, much, Gearbox. Yeah. But, uh... I see a lot of people that just... Yeah. Yeah. Epic Store is definitely a decision like, again, that, that I personally don't have sure. anything against the Epic Store. A lot of people do. So it mm -hmm. is, yeah. Right, right. Yeah, no, no matter where you stand morally or anything like that on the Epic Store, the realities of the market is that for whatever reason, people adore Steam and yep. don't want to buy anything anywhere else. So I mean, I mean can you blame them? The, the, the yeah. first second yeah. we had its origin, and that kind of ruined everyone's mood. <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah, I mean, the well, also like you can see it reflected, right? Like because even I'm not a fan of Borderlands, but like straight up, like three was released, and later, like two months later, they're giving everything in a bundle, like the whole Borderlands like franchise, pretty much. So it's just like, as you're saying, I don't. The think thing that I found, that well. yeah, the thing that I found interesting about Borderlands is 
within a month of its release, and this is going back to Lono, who, which I, who I'm not advertising as a person, and you should not follow him because he's, <laughs> he's a scumbag. But <laughs> at this point, I didn't know that and was watching his streams a lot. And he did a promoted stream, and this was only shortly after Borderlands 3 released, and they were paying him to play what? Borderlands 1 on stream. A and choice. I'm like, that's an interesting what? decision <laughs> of a hype generator for Borderlands 3 is to pay a streamer to play a very beloved Borderlands game. Wow. Um, yeah, that was an interesting choice, I found. Uh, it was wrapped in apparently the idea that Borderlands 1 was part of that new bundle I think you're talking about that was on sale, but still, like, yeah. you'd think you would want your new game that you're supposedly got faith in to be the one Man, that you're paying a, streamers to play. That's, that's not great. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, again, I'm, I don't know. I'm going to miss Randy, Randy Pitchford just being a dick and being awkward at game games events, doing magic tricks. I like <laughs> magicians, so there's only that part of it. Like, I, I'm a huge magic fan, but... Uh, what I don't like is how much he can make uh, his oh, employees' yes. bonuses oh, yes. disappear. So he can do that very quickly, yeah. and he does it every every year, every year without fail. He makes Christmas bonuses disappear yeah, in his company. Pitch, so. yeah, again, I kind of hope that his days are numbers. He's uh, everything I've heard about the man is that he's not. Yeah, it looks like they don't want him in any public place anymore. He is still who he is because like he owns the freaking company for the most part, but. Yeah, he's. Uh, it's feeling kind of like a, becoming a Palmer Lucky situation before he finally got completely. So, like, ousted but like, from the Oculus. thing is, pitch for it. Every single time he comes to the public light, he always is able to fuck things up. Like they're. they're oh yeah, he's like, monumentally successful. Yeah, like, I remember being a whole yeah, controversy where like there was something about Borderlands, <laughs> which wasn't a big deal, honestly. Which people just blowing it up, right? And then he. No, no, not, not the that. There was USB like, something like. There was something like that was a good really one. like a small controversy about some gameplay change, and it honestly wasn't that big of a deal. And then I remember Pitchford just came on Twitter and uh, just because oh, all right, now now it's a now it's a big deal because now he's attacking people thing. because of it. Yeah, and and dropping yeah. USB drives with possibly pornography on it. It's not. Yeah. Oh, I definitely had pornography. It was more about the age of the people yeah. who said pornography. That was yeah, the no, issue. Um, oh damn! Yeah, yeah. and oh, then we got boy. to listen to his Twitter explanations oh, of the type of porn that he likes and why it's magic. Um, yeah, that was that was all an excited time. Magic, it's magic. It, what she what it, she does in that video amazing. is a magic trick. Is wow. literally what he said. <laughs> it, it's amazing how all these different like shitty situations and shitty and shitty like no, magic. Yeah. magic now <laughs> like, no, ma magic. Magic is becoming like this, like satanistic word. I'm a big douche kind of shit. I'm a magician, you know, kind of shit. Yes. Also, Arthur, like going back into the whole game thing, because I, no, 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 I love how we go really deep into all this kind of shit. It's just like you know, you, I, see you like you were really excited about Resident Evil, and you even like showcased the trailer yet again. Dude, uh, to okay. me and Stafford so, a couple of weeks back. I have, I Resident Evil probably the first horror game I played, and I love the horror genre as a whole. I love horror movies. I love horror games. I've tried to play them all. Resident Evil, I think 4 was the first one I played. It was like, it's not even dead horror, and then I went back to play the other ones. <laughs> I loved 7. So watching that trailer and getting like, those Bloodborne vi vibes from like Resident Evil game, and I go, oh yeah, this is Resident Evil. And then seeing title like a village. 
right? I'm like, oh, it's not. But, like, it looks kind of cool. And then the words that just fade out, just the eight. And I'm like, motherfuckers, they did it again. They, f yeah. yeah. Just literally they the exact same way they did it again. Seven. And I fell for it <laughs> the second time. Yeah. Uh, I'm excited. Yep. And then, like, yep. seeing Chris on steroids again was interesting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, apparently back on steroids. Um, so I'm curious to know what happened between seven and eight. Um, <laughs> Man, I need to know the diet. I need to know the diet yeah. of that guy. You yeah. know? he can lose weight like yeah. this yeah. and then gain the weight back up like this. Lose, you know? Gain weight. <laughs> Not only that, but also like his facial features <laughs> change. It's crazy. Yeah, no, I mean, so, I mean so it's not having Christian Bale play Chris Redfield. <laughs> Because he, he would have been on Oh, yeah. <laughs> he can yeah. very quickly, yeah, no, drastically but, gain and lose no, But I am the Redfield. <laughs> I'm sorry, Ethan, and glocking a motherfucker on the ground. I was like, yeah, that's, that's Resident Evil right there. And I was really excited about it. I'm really. Is that what he's... Man, I missed that part of it. Wow. So are they going full break so, like evil? So, so it's really point, weird. What, yeah, what are they right, doing? Because I know well, it, he, he, it was the weird stuff at the end of 7 where it's like... Spoilers, I guess. Umbrella. Like he's he's part of Umbrella now. But umbrella. umbrella is also it's now like a new umbrella. A humanitarian it's, thing. And then it, the expansion yeah. you play as Blue Umbrella. Like the expansion so so yeah, he's, he's, a, he's still like a good guy. He's just working for him. Did I play the expansion? The, 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 the Chris expansion is pretty interesting. It's pretty fun because. Right, right. I think the Chris well, is the one that I. Think, it can't, I'm pretty it, sure. There's I two the expansions. There's Chris expansion. There's the uncle. Because I didn't really care about like the one about so the sister the si or whatever. The, the sister one, you mean, you mean the uncle one, right? Where you play yeah. the uncle? Because that's pretty great. The, the one where you play like, where it's like, it's it's what happened to that other woman that you don't yeah. save or okay. whatever, right? Okay, so, like, so, so read for context, Resident Evil yeah. 7 has two expansions. So I recommend both of them a lot. One of them you played as Jack's brother, the, uh, the uncle of the family. And he, I think he's infected as well, but his infection is different because he has a good infection. Like, he's not a bad guy. Okay. And and it's really, like, in both of these expansions, they're not at all like the main game. The, the Unco expansion, you are going around boxing enemies. You don't have guns. So the Unco, he's just, like, going around throwing jabs, <laughs> hooks, crosses, and just, like, boxing fools throughout the whole thing. And at the end of it, he gets, I'm not shitting you, a mechanical umbrella glove that makes his cross meaner. And then you're just punching like monsters left and right. And there is a point which I, I scream by playing it where he straight up power bombs a motherfucker. And a bottle. Like, double WWE power bomb. Oh, like bomb. really? It's, like it's WWE great. kind of stuff? It's an, uh, a recommended expansion. And, and the characters are so fun. He's like a nice, he's like an interesting, funny character. And the other one you play is Chris, which is like, what would, what would Resident Evil 7 look like if it had the gameplay loop of Resident Evil 5? So you have like a machine gun. You always have a lot of ammo. You can, yeah, you, Chris action. can, with his steroid abilities, punch monsters as well to knock him out. So they're both like really different gameplay wise, and I would recommend them. I definitely at least watched yeah, the but, first one. I, I think I might have played it also. Can't remember for sure. But but the one that you're mentioning that uh, he shots in the trailer Ethan. is Ethan. I think it's actually yeah, it, it, exactly of, uh, Mia Ethan. It, it, because yeah, yeah, yeah again it's a Mi woman on Mia? the floor and it starts yeah. with Ethan, it ends with Ethan going what the fuck and then Chris just fucking bodies mm -hmm. the woman on the ground and says I'm sorry Ethan. So do we think this is the end I'm of sorry. Chris's story or the See, end of Ethan's I think story? Me 
Victor. I think I I think it's Chris. I think they're working together on that point. I I, I think it's gonna be another one of those yeah. Chris. But like, because does isn't there that line that's like specifically his story oh, okay. ends here or something like that? And, and, yeah, his story ends here. Yeah. yeah. Oh. I think is he's referring about. I I, I would like, think, I think it would be re- Chris because like who really cares about Ethan's story yeah, at this point? Is this gonna be the game. end? And it wasn't like really even his game, you know. Like that game was more about the atmosphere that it created than, than Ethan, really. Yeah, and also you see like the werewolf. The kind werewolf of thing, thing was the, the so excited Chris. about that because I knew that they had been saying that they wanted to introduce more mystical creatures into the next into the follow up to Resident Evil Seven. They wanted it to be more than just zombies and that kind of stuff. Um, so the werewolf thing I'm very excited about. I think that's pretty interesting. Um, I'm excited to see where it goes. Yes, yeah, some people is telling that <laughs> it's Chris at the end of the game or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that apparently is definitely Chris at the end of the game. Oh, wait, wait. That wait, part what? is confirmed, I guess. But Okay, sorry. I thought you meant the, the werewolf the was Chris. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, no, no. the werewolf. Oh, I don't know about that. Like, I don't know if the werewolf yeah. is. That would be cool. Just... That would be neat. <laughs> <laughs> we, we just got Ryan to drop like the biggest oh, yeah, things yeah, about yeah, Resident yeah. Total, Evil. Total insider like, information. Oh, yeah, it's confirmed. Like... You guys kind of got me worried because I really like Chris Redfield's character. I'm never gonna, I'll always remember the day he punched a rock to make it move, you know? I always love. I was always a Leon. I I like Chris, so like seeing the end of his story, it might be another Kate 6 moment for me, you know? But uh, we'll see, we'll see. Excited, and again, interesting how Capcom made a kind of a full return. Because Capcom used to be the OG shitty company, like the DLC on the disc, lock on the disc kind of company. They were like, you should be like the company that was like on the back, like what EA is nowadays. Like they used to be on that spot. And it's interesting how they made a full resurgence, kind of. As a, they, I see a lot of people forget like their old branding. Well, I don't forget it. Like I still remember that I got Street Fighter Five with just like two characters or some shit like that, and then I had to buy all the other fucking characters that I didn't, right? But like, yeah, I, I don't forget Capcom, you man. Yeah, like, but like, Capcom like, will be always in my blacklist. On Reddit, I see people have forgotten. You know, like they have moved to like EA or Bioware, Activision Blizzard. Let me Activision let Blizzard, me log in into Reddit and know? just remind them. But uh, give me yeah. a moment. So that's that's Village. I guess it depends. I don't. I don't think those practices as are, are as universally maligned, or even were at the time as as the mainstream made them think they were. As as people who frequent Reddit thought they were, um, a lot of people, myself included, even defended what they were doing, and I didn't still would today, with the the disc lock DLC and stuff like that. Um, that's simply a byproduct of the fact that gaming has refused to grow up in terms of how much it costs to make and how much games should cost to buy. Mm-hmm. Uh, games are way too cheap, way too cheap. 60 bucks for a video game, they might as well be free. In fact, most of them are now because if you, you actually it, make yeah, more money if you go that route. Um, yeah, six, 60 bucks is not enough. I've heard that a lot, and that's why... Um, and they, it, it, it actively contributes and, to And that's culture. why, like, again, I've heard all that as, like, not an excuse, but a justification for microtransactions in video games because they're a way to circumvent the fact that they're too cheap mm-hmm. nowadays. That's why you're seeing so many new models for releasing video games, so many new models that are about releasing content over time rather than one big live drop service. at the beginning, things with subscription bases yeah. and stuff, live services, stuff like that, because they're models that are actually sustainable in a way unlike like the model of making a triple a video game that is a sp- 
especially in the day where people are still kind of in fact uh what's his um from sony oh i can't remember his name right now um but one of one of the big guys at sony just very 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 recently in an interview interview talked about this very issue of um the cost of game development and how exponential it is each generation um the amount of copies of a game like The Last of Us that you have to sell just to break even at 60 bucks a pop is crazy. And that's why these games have such a strong cult, crunch culture and such a strong culture around perfection and review scores and stuff is because they have to to survive at $60 a, a pop. Um, there's just too much work and too much expense that goes into making something that's 25 hours long, has insane fidelity has um just all this level of high quality voice acting writing design all of that stuff despite any problems it has in the end that stuff still objectively had to happen to make that game happen and all that stuff is extremely expensive and extremely time consuming mm -hmm. and so then your options are you take a long time making it or you break some backs to make it in a couple of years. And unfortunately, the nature of the games industry is once you get past that three-year mark, people don't want it. People don't give a shit about the game that you're making anymore. You've taken too long. Like, you've lost it. Like, people expect games to take two to three years. And then unless you're a Hideo Kojima or you're a rock star or even Cyberpunk, I, I'm sorry, I don't... I think these delays have massively hurt Cyberpunk. Cyberpunk is going to make not nearly the money it was going to make if it came out on time at this point. Because these delays have done two things. First, it's what's really kind of one thing that's kind of, that, that has a lot of knock-on effects. It does one thing, and that's it lets people sit down and think about their product. And um, with Cyberpunk, one of those things that it lets you do from just a more generalized perspective is you can just take more general time thinking about whether or not this is a game you think you'd be really interested in. You get to see more of the marketing as it comes out. You get to understand more about the game and make a more informed decision. The more informed a decision becomes, the less likely you are to purchase the product. Because um, you start out at high likelihood and generally speaking, go down. It's rare that a product wows you to increase your likelihood to purchase. It's usually the other way around. Um, so, and then on top of that, just because of CD Projekt Red yes. and how they behave and, be, and act, this extended time has turned, has gone from people like me who were absolutely and actually had pre-ordered the game uh, no longer have interest in playing it and not because I'm upset about it being delayed I think games should absolutely be delayed when they don't when they can't come out in time I am for letting developers take their time and make the right product um, But in this case it let me spend more time thinking about the company and thinking about and and seeing news that comes out about the company and making the decision that you know what I Don't think I want my money going to that company um, so that that is another thing that 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 it'll do in this industry another thing that pressures people to hold announcements as long as possible and then make releases happen as quickly as possible after the announcements made and also i think like in, in specific with this cyberpunk case like they also um, missed the opportunity with like the keanu reeves at his biggest popularity height right because i think like ever since it, it has died down like there was a whole trend of like loving this guy uh you wanted to see him in everything like well you you and me arthur like we watched that corridor crew kind of like video and everything like Keanu brought everything to the table, but I don't think six months later, eight yeah, months later, it's the same case. Like we're, one we're, year we're later, it's the same thing. Like people are realizing that Keanu Reeves is not that great of an actor, and uh, that like it's kind of getting getting 
you you, you <laughs> not taking that back. <laughs> Look, I'm not gonna have you here defend Johnny Mnemonic, all right? <laughs> Johnny I'm Mnemonic. Not, is a I'm not gonna give you a platform to defend Johnny Mnemonic. Um, says the guy who likes Shrek too. Whoa! <laughs> all right, all right. Shots fired. Shrek, Straight and right. Shrek Two is the best. Is one of the best sequels ever made, and you know it. So it's a it's a quintessential sequel. And I will die on this hill. <laughs> uh, the other thing that happened, though, with Keanu, the, the, the Keanu thing, because I, I think the All Keanu right. thing was the only good piece of marketing they've had in a very long time. Mm. Um, that same week, they had that huge transphobia issue. Yes. That very same week. Yes, they did. They had that whole screenshot release with that, that in-game advertisement that they just did a horrible job of responding to criticism about... Mm. And that one was almost worse because it wasn't even worse because it wasn't even transphobia; it was transfetishism, and it was all really weird and uncomfortable. And it's like, City Project is a really weird company because, like, it's like it's one of those companies where you can know they, they self-publish their own games just about the way they operate. Like, you know, mm-hmm. they don't have a higher up like an EA or like an exec right. looking yeah. over yeah. them. And yeah. like, as yeah. much as like it's a bad thing, it's also a good sometimes. Like they oh, they, they announced yeah. Cyberpunk in twenty thirteen. Cyberpunk was announced again on the year that GTA V came out. Cyberpunk was announced. That's how long we've known of the existence of this game. That's how long we've known it's been on development. That's how long we had a trailer for the game. We had a trailer when it was announced. And it's the same thing as Witcher 3, right? They announced a date, and everyone who was paying attention knew that the first date, that uh, the, the one on April, I think, right? Everyone knew that was going to get pushed back. Because oh, sure. yeah, that's yeah. what they... like. Witcher was the same thing. They mm. they can't keep a schedule, and yeah, and if it hurts them at the end of the day, because like again, like I'm super excited about the game. I don't know if I'm gonna buy it because I'm really not comfortable with what they're doing with their developers, and also I'm seeing like there's part of the games like parts of the game that I thought I was gonna enjoy. Now I'm seeing that I'm not gonna enjoy as much. Apparently, the gunplay is not as fun as I thought it was gonna be. Uh, the melee comp, but it's not as fun as I was, was going to be. Now people are getting their hands on, and I'm having time to think about it. it might be one of those games that I'm going to wait some time to get it now because of it. And that's unfortunate to hear too, because I've been I've been kind of blackout on the recent yeah. stuff that's come out. Um, but that is also unfortunate to hear because that was the primary criticism over a year ago when the first press people got their hands on was that the actual gunplay was really boring yeah. and not fun, and, and that that uh, yeah, a lot of the actual physical mechanical stuff that you're doing a lot of in the game was very uninteresting. And um, so if that was their primary feedback and none of that's changed, that's unfortunate to hear. And they, they, their excuse for that, like I was watching uh, Paris Lilly. Paris Lilly's a really good, uh, he's a mm-hmm. just a good, very good video game personality to follow. And uh, he, he did a, he's a huge cyberpunk fan and he did a hands-on and he, he's like the guy with the highest opinion of cyberpunk you can find. And he talked about it a bit. And CD Projekt's read a justification for like those mechanics not being fun is that Later on in the game, they get more fun because you level up and then you do more damage. Sure, sure, and, sure. Yeah. And I, I, I'm the kind of guy. I personally don't like that. Like, I prefer to have. I, I prefer to not be forced to grind levels and the solo build to have fun shooting mm-hmm. at things. Right? Like, yeah, sure, make me stronger, higher levels, but like. Yeah, have some some modicum of fun in the beginning levels. That's a that's a big struggle of making a first person RPG. Mm-hmm. Because they're so at odds with each other, right? Like you think about a first-person game, and you're immediately expecting whatever your actual, natural, real-life point-click shoot skill is in games. 
you expect that to translate as long as the second you're in first person and are given a gun. Mm-hmm. And then once the game starts doing RPG style things, like adding in weird sway and stuff until you upgrade it or anything <laughs> like, like I'm right, immediately thinking of Last of Us, right? Where like at the very beginning of the game, every time you aim a gun, it's like, yes, yes. That's, and then that's, you have to time yes. it when it's over their head. And then by the time you've done all the upgrades, you can now hold a gun relatively steadily. I hate that. So um, which totally makes sense from a, a gameplay loop perspective. It sort of makes sense from a story perspective. Not the best one, because somebody doesn't go from this to perfect gunshot over the course of a 24 hours or whatever. But whatever. <laughs> it's a video game. They still need to make it happen yeah. in a faster and period also, of time. Also, in the case of Last of Us, your gun sways a lot. But you can throw a, throw a brick with like deadly precision. <laughs> Extremely oh, yeah. deadly precision. Exactly. You never, ever, ever miss. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. That fucking brick. Yeah, yeah. Um, and also, anything you might have learned in a previous game disappears because reasons so that you can learn it again um so yeah i mean but that's video games that's video games yeah. that's mechanics um, and the other thing that uh, got me a little bit ex- less excited about cyberpunk is that i was actually really excited that they were the first game that i've known mainstream doing the thing that dragon Age origins did of having an origin story for the character that would like lead you to the main game your character would have a different origin and again from what i've seen right from like people that played the five hour demo of it the origin story is only the unlock different story styles. Like like Dragon Age Origins, if you're like a son of the king, you have a new, you have a you have an enemy where you can become a king if you're a noble, right? Yeah. So I feel like they've explained this in the past too. What what the what the origin means and what the intent is. From my understanding, it's more like it's kind of determining how you interact with the yes. world and how the world interacts with you. Exactly. But so like there's... yeah, if your origin was like somebody who grew up on the streets. You're going to have a better way of communicating with gang members and stuff like that, but the police come up and you're going to have worse yeah. ability to communicate so, with so them. So you don't unlock any different story paths but have a different origin, which disappointed me. But you do have yep. an exclusive story origin mission, which is uh, kind of fun. But then again, like the story mission doesn't interact that much with the main story, like the, the origin mission. Because unlike Dragon Age Origins, that's like, again, Paris Lily said, that he was the only guy I saw saying this. After you're done with the origin mission, you have a, a six-year-long time skip, where your whole friendship with Jackie happens, and like you get to the point the game needs you to get, but you don't like you meet Jackie on your origin mission, and then you have a time skip, and that's the only thing that's gonna matter from the story mission is that you met Jackie. Yeah. And that's yeah. really disappointing. Yes. I find that really strange. The idea of doing a time skip in a first-person yeah. video game that's an RPG. I find that very odd because I, I see like the point, I guess, being right. yeah to accelerate you, to get you to the point in the game where you need to be. I, I can kind of understand that. But there's such a, but what mm-hmm. if I wanted to do something in those six years from like, it's my character that I'm playing from a first person perspective as the, as a role playing game. And you're just going to tell me that for six years, what if I, don't I had to, my thumb up my ass. What if you just didn't have nothing? any agency for six straight years. Like, yeah. Yeah. Or yeah. Like what if? Yeah. What if I don't like Jackie? What if in six years I hate? Yeah. yeah. It just seems also like right? a random number. Yeah. Like six, six years. years. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 And it's again. I I, I gotta see. I, I might. I might just I mean, watch the game. But I I gotta see how. They, they, that's they, also that. I mean, that's pretty much. That's uh. No. Now that you mentioned, that's uh mm-hmm. Fallout Four, right? That's the beginning of Fallout Four. You make your yes. character. You have that one day with your wife, and yeah. then it's like 
ten that, years later, nothing which nothing later, nothing yeah, mattered yeah, from that day, like, nothing, nothing, nothing to do. Yeah, which so at least with later. that, there was sort of like the in-game reason of like you got put in a cryo state. It wasn't, it wasn't just saying like you just didn't do anything. For right, six years, right. You were frozen. You literally went through the thing. And you were frozen. Like you were frozen. And right. Weren't doing anything. Right. Right. So. Yeah. Again, like Cyberpunk is turning out to not be the dream the CD Projekt has sold us years ago. We have to see a launch to be sure. But, uh, well, yeah, but there's also like a freaking anime like announced for Netflix for Cyberpunk. So. Really? Did you not see yeah, that? Uh, made, made, they're going yeah, made by freaking multimedia. Yeah, okay, Yeah, great. expanding the yeah. IP as much as possible, yeah. squeezing it as much as but possible. But it's so weird because it's coming out in 2022. Yeah. It's, it's the an- <laughs> they announced the anime and it's dropping on the same year as Lightfall. And that's all we know. Yeah. yeah. Like, it's it's such a strange... Dis- Again, CD Projekt Red announcing things too fucking soon. Like, why yeah. are you announcing this anime that's going to come out in two years from now? Well, I mean, that they can probably do, because they're not going to have anything to do with the anime. Oh, they are. Oh, come on. They're having, they're they're, pro- according to them, they're having people from the studio. Are it in-house? They're, they're- no, because no, because the, the studio, the actual studio, is a studio Trigger, the one that is doing so, the animations but, and everything. I, I'm pretty sure they're, they're going to have somebody ma- making a supervisor job. Of, so like, they have they, they have whatever, gone but, out of their way to say that it, it is a conjoined project. It is like, they have in-house studio people working on it. Hmm. Even on their promotional material, they have CD Projekt Red with Trigger, and they have devs. So talk weird about, to me because yeah. it's not even their IP. <laughs> No, it's not. And, and then you start understanding where the, the, the writer for Witcher was getting annoyed, right? Yeah. <laughs> like, but I guess that's what they do, right? Is like they because that's what they did with The Witcher was they took an IP and just completely re-envisioned it however the hell they felt like. Um, yeah, I don't. It's weird. I don't know. Yeah. And just basically, oh, yeah, yeah, wasn't, wasn't, uh, like wasn't Geralt was supposed to have been dead after yeah. the books? Like basically, the entire three games where you're playing as Geralt, the writer was like, Geralt is dead. <laughs> the, the the guy who wrote those books. Yeah. Hates CD Projekt Red he, he with des- a passion. He despises it. Yeah, because Garrett died at the end of the book. And then the yeah. excuse for the first game, which is not very great, is, oh, he just had amnesia. And we don't know how he came out. <laughs> yeah. And then and he just, oh. like, woke up on a on a, the boat some, somewhere someday. And no, he, like, hey, he, woke, he wakes up, he, like, they find him running on a forest with amnesia, and he doesn't remember anything. Yeah, because the wild hunt got him. And then, like, they, they, they took they took two games for them to figure out, yeah, let's see the Wild Hunt did it. Let's make the Wild Hunt yeah. <laughs> And then that opened a whole can of worms, because then Geralt technically got uh, raped by one of his friends, and the game never yep. addresses that, yep. because she's a redhead, and she's hot, so why are we going to Instead, they make her the it? one that everybody, most people end up choosing in the last and they, and, they, and they make her super charismatic, <laughs> even though she pretty much raped the guy. She's and, a horrible yeah. emotional manipulator and sexual abuser. Yeah, okay. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's not, never not addressed. <laughs> it's never addressed. Like, not good. like it's. I like yeah. Witcher, but there's some weird stuff about it. Yeah. Uh, be- before we start, like winding down to wrap up, I do have two more games I want to go through from the yeah. Sony thing. I know you, Ryan, really want to talk about Ratchet and Clank. Yeah, okay. I want to talk about Ratchet and Clank because uh, I'm not a fan of the Ratchet and Clank series. I don't Wait, give a shit about it. Wait, what? I don't, I, don't, what? I don't care about the Ratchet and Clank series at all. It's Wait. never done anything for me. I've never been a platformer guy, really, outside of the original 2D oh, Mario man. stuff. Wait, wait, um, wait, 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 no, no, give me a second. I, no, I no, let, let's hell talk. Out I, of I'm thinking about this coming. I have a quote here that I want to use at some point. Uh, okay. But you go on. I have a quote from you okay. that I want to use, but go on. Okay. But, um. There you see, a but. Yeah. But Ratchet and Clank was the only next game, next gen game we saw on that stage. 
Uh, it was the only one whatsoever that couldn't be done on current consoles. Really? And it quite literally yeah. would be impossible for that game to run on current consoles. And it's be entirely because of what it was doing. It was the only game that was taking advantage of what next-gen is meaning from both sides of this, of this uh, competition, which is that it's all about speed of access to data. And um, the, in the gamer's term, that would be instantaneous load screens or never seeing load screens kind of thing. If you watch what was going on in Ratchet and Clank, it was fascinating. At incredible speed, they kept going from level to level to level. Each environment drastically different and massive. So like he would just yeah. open up a portal and now he's in this weird fantasy world filled with all kinds of crazy animals flying around. The next second he opens a portal and now he's on Coruscant. You know, with like just this beautiful, crazy future city with flying cars and all kinds of stuff. Opens up another portal. Now he's in a snowy Arctic tundra. Um, that literally would be impossible to do right now. Absolutely impossible to do right That's now. Awesome. That's awesome. Every time you fired that gun, it would take on the fastest consoles we've got right now. I mean, your PC could do it, but on the fastest consoles we got right now, every time you fired that gun, it would be a, a pause for, for at least five, six seconds as the majority of the assets from that other level load in at least enough for you to be able to enter the portal. So just a question, like someone that doesn't understand anything about these gaming shows, how do we know that's, like, that's actually what's happening? It's not some smoke and mirrors kind of thing. So, I mean, it, you have to trust the fact that it ended with a real, real-time gameplay demo. At least they said it was. Obviously, it could not be. They could have been lying there. You don't really see that anymore because you can't really get away with saying this is a real-time real gameplay demo and have it actually be a CG animated thing. Um, there are no smoke and mirrors that can achieve that effect on a current game console. Uh, not to what there they you show, go. Not to mm. what they did. There aren't any that can, and also, that can achieve and also, that effect currently. It will work against them if they were doing that kind of shit, you know? Because, like, oh, right, that's course, happened yeah. with the freaking watchdogs or whatever, like, the whole downgrade and all that kind of shit, you know? So yeah. I don't think, and, like... And, this... and it's not it's not Sony's fault, right. but it's yeah. just, like, I don't think they want to repeat that fiasco or something. And the like, other reason I believe no, that it, it, it is real and not Smoke and Mirrors is because this game was clearly designed not because there's a demand for Ratchet and Clank games right now, but because this studio wanted wanted to take on the challenge of what these new consoles are capable of, and they thought of an interesting mechanic that would be able to just to show off that challenge, which surely was this portal system, and they were probably like, all right, what what IP and game can we wrap around that? And Ratchet and Clank is what it ended up being. It's a franchise that's within Sony's Sony's portfolio. It's beloved. Um, it's had a recent resurgence because of the remake that came out on the PS4. So. Nice. Yeah. I mean, again, I mean, it works really well as a yeah. way to show off. So when you said you were gonna the gush about uh, Ratchet and Clank, I thought you were a big fan. No. Like when, when you said to me, and I quote, "Be no. ready for me to gush about Ratchet and Clank." Yes. 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 I, I, I it's, thought you're like. <laughs> it's the technology. Expression. It's the technology that I'm gushing okay. about. It's fascinating. It's so that yeah. that shit was so cool. What they what they showed that thing doing. So and that's why you say Ratchet and Clank is the only game presented that's an actual PS5 game. It's an actual PS5 game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's the only one that I saw that couldn't be done on a modern console. Everything else could be done on a modern console. It just look a little more blurry. <laughs> Even the one that that we show, like they show, like the project at Dia or that thing, like that's also the, the one with their branches and all that kind of shit uh, i'm gonna be really honest with you uh, anytime i see the word project in front of a name i just black out from there on because <laughs> um, i expect i'm never gonna see it in real life yeah um yeah don't 
don't show off your tech demos. <laughs> don't do that. I know I get wanting to build hype, but man, those guys just, just wrote themselves a huge check that they better be able to cash once that thing comes out, if it comes out. It's tough. Fair, it's tough. Fair, fair enough. It's yeah. tough. Until you uh, know for sure that you can scale technology, don't show it off. <laughs> <laughs> and what is the other game that you wanted to discuss, Arthur? Uh, a game I'm worried about. Uh, Demon Souls, the remake. So, I don't know what you guys think. Of, I don't know if you guys play Demon Souls. No, like... Like, yeah. well, just a context for the audience or anything. Like, I didn't know anything about Dark Souls, ah, Demon Souls, or anything. And then, like, I, like, we shot a commercial um, a couple of weeks back. And then after that thing was done, Arthur straight up, like, gave me a masterclass of, like, those games in, like, a four-hour, five-hour, six-hour kind of, like, thing. Showing me videos, the lore, the items, everything. <laughs> now, now, now I can say that I can give a class about Demon Souls and Dark Souls. <laughs> it was a 100-level course on Dark Souls and Demon Souls lore. Like, this is Gwen, Lord of Sunlight. Yeah, but am I the only person here to play Demon Souls? Because then I feel kind of bad about talking about it. Uh, I, I played it very briefly, but not not all the way through. Or anything yeah, that's like probably that. the only one it. of the Souls games that I've not played much of. Uh, and it's just because I got into Souls games late and just wasn't willing to go back and play a sub thirty frame per second video game. <laughs> Fair enough. So my thing with Demon Souls is that it's a janky game. It's a janky game that feels being held together by gum. It's it doesn't play great, but I feel like that's kind of the charm of the game, right? It's like because like Dark Souls three is like really a lot like Bloodborne. Dark Souls two has its own style, and then Dark Souls one has like every single Souls game, exception of Bloodborne and Dark Souls three, which are kind of similar, has a really different play style. Yeah, and I'm afraid they're gonna like make Demon Souls more like Dark Souls three. That's my big fear with this Demon Souls remake, because it's not from software doing it; it's a different studio. So that's honestly why I don't think the gameplay will change. If FromSoft were doing it, I would almost guarantee you the gameplay would change drastically. Because um, I don't think FromSoft would have any interest in remaking a game and making it play the same way. Just because from the perspective of someone who's an actual like designer and not a port house like uh, Bluepoint is, um, that would be extremely boring. That's why Final Fantasy VII got remade the way it did. Because as a for someone who's designing, you don't want to remake what why that seven already exists why why would i remake it just so it looks prettier that's not fun um so i think you would be more likely to see drastic gameplay changes if FromSoft were making this game because they're not um i hate to say it but i almost think it won't change just because i don't think blue points i don't know because i've never seen them try but i don't think blue points got really the chops maybe to do because that would require them actually creating the new mechanics right which is something they don't do historically historically they just recreate existing mechanics exactly as they work so you don't buy the fact that people are like even theorizing that they're gonna add content to the game because demon souls all souls game but demon souls more aggressively had a lot of cut content like a whole role was cut i could see Six. them if they were given access to all of that content if they were given all of those old assets I could see them maybe being like, "Hey, if we can if we can fit these if we can fit time into our dev schedule to also add this stuff that never made it into the game in." Yeah, I could totally see them doing that. Um, I don't think adding cut content would change anything mechanically about the game. I feel like I don't see them changing anything mechanically about the game. I don't see okay. any of the way combat functions changing. I don't see any of 
that stuff changing. I could see again, yeah, I could see cut content being added back in as long as it doesn't drastically come at odds with the rest of the game. But we're talking Demon Souls. None of the story is really presented anyways. It's all flavor text and ethereal storytelling. So, so yeah. And I the one huge lore dump in the beginning. Yeah, yeah, and the one huge the, lore dump in the beginning. History class. Um, yeah. Yeah, I, I don't. I, I mean, I, I, I get that concern. I, I, could, I could totally see that frustrating a lot of people if they chose that route. Because every Souls game has a kind of unique twist on the same piece of same type of combat, um, mm -hmm. and people like them. That's why everybody has their own one that's their favorite. It's because it's whatever kind of flavor of Souls combat you ended up falling in love with the most, and that's your favorite Souls game. Yeah, you want to say something, Rodrigo? Yeah, just to sum it up, like Ryan is telling you, like shield the fuck down, Arthur. It's not going to. Like, you're going to get your. You're going to get your demons on that. Like that much. I would just say, at the end of the day, it's much harder work for them to change things up. So, path of least resistance okay. tends to be the one that people take, especially awesome. when you're, uh, you know, kind of. It's not even your own original work, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, we're getting over time here, so uh, let's get to our recommendation segments. I didn't tell you this, Flack, Ryan. Because I like leaving this a surprise. Okay. We're going to recommend something. Recommend something. But I think, I like, instead know. of, like, recommending this time around, like, we should say... Because we, we barely touched, like, the surface of the whole conference in the PS5. So yes. I think, like, we should tell, like, which is the game that excites us the most. Okay. Uh, Absolutely. Or something like that, yeah. you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, so goes first. It's me first? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. I mean, yeah, we need to put the you in, is, the, in like, the spot. The, yeah. most, the most recent game console I have I owned was the Xbox original. Nice. What? Like, nice. oh, yeah. Nice. I'm like an old, 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 old school console gamer. I have a PC, but I don't, like, new console stuff I just don't follow. Like, it just never appealed to me. It was just never, it, like, after the Xbox original, I just sort of stopped following consoles. <laughs> Okay. Um, okay. Yeah. So, like, I mean, I, I I watched a bunch of stuff and, like, yeah, like the reveal for um, Resident Evil Village, <laughs> I thought was really cool because it seems like they're trying to go in a more like eldritch. I thought you were going direction. to say GTA Five. You like like all, no, you no. like old shit, but no. Um, no, that was it. Is like I like I like to see uh, I like to see eldritch horror. I also really like to see people fail at eldritch horror because it's really really mm. easy to fuck up. Um, but. So we'll we'll see how that goes. If they do try to go for a more Eldritch Horror direction, but still make it so that you can shoot it or punch it, it will not be Eldritch Horror. I'm curious to see if that feeling hey. that I got from the trailer of hey. this much more like Bloodborne is Eldritch Horror, and you can cut the Eldritch Horror to pieces with your saw blade. Yeah, that doesn't that doesn't that doesn't work. In Eldritch <laughs> Horror, part of, one of the key things of Eldritch Horror is that it is so far beyond you that. If you cling to a gun, it is the most useless thing in your arsenal. Yeah. And if you can shoot it, like it doesn't, it, or 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 you don't have a weapon. You either don't have a weapon, or the weapons you have are are useless. Like that's that's one of the key things about Eldritch Horror is it's so far beyond us. We can't even comprehend how what it is, let alone how to kill it, let alone how to harm it, let alone like anything. Like it's so far beyond us. The um, two points on on Eldritch Horror. Uh, Eternal Darkness did it fantastically. <laughs> Uh, and um, the unfortunate thing about Eldritch in games writing is it appears that in the minds of games writers, the most important thing about Eldritch is not all of the actually important things that you just listed, but is instead blatant racism. That's clearly the most important thing about <laughs> in their minds. 
Let's let's go to yeah. all of the uh, all of the worst parts of you know yeah, the Cthulhu exactly. mythos. Um, the, yeah. yeah, the misogyny, <laughs> I mean, racism. Again, I, I think video games are the reason that I found out that Lovecraft was a super huge racist. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like oh yeah, racist. he was. And like a complete shut in, didn't leave his house. Uh, I mean, I, I yeah, live in no, his like, hometown, so like I, we we have all kind of <laughs> uh, 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 Halloween time like uh, stories are always really fun when they do the city walks around Providence and tell stories about Lovecraft and stuff. So yeah, uh, if you want to get a kick out of it, uh, look up his dog's name. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. That's pretty interesting. Rodrigo, what do you recommend? Uh, well, for me, the highlights from, from that conference, like I'm really excited to play in the future uh, Returnal, the uh, space woman uh, mm. horror live, game. Live, die, like, repeat. That really caught my attention. Live, the die, what? repeat. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, that, that, that yeah. shit. That, it seemed like a topic, yeah, right? It's, it like, seemed interesting. In it seemed interesting for sure. I'm, I'm intrigued to see what that game is like. Yeah, and also the one that I mentioned to you after we shot the commercial, the Little Devil Inside. That that really was like I, I need to play this game like yeah. whenever it comes out, you know. Th those are the two things that for me blow my mind when I saw that conference. Uh, Ryan. Yeah, so I have two also. Um, one was Kina Bridge of Spirits. Uh, that trailer blew me away. That absolutely blew me away. That was. That was, uh, for lack of a better term, that was PlayStation 2 as fuck. That was, that was a team being like, hey, we've got a fun idea for a really cool action-adventure game with brand new characters, fun, interesting, unique story and characters and stuff, and we're just going to make it. That's exactly what that felt like. Like, like. Just like there's no IP tied to it. There's nothing. It just looks like a fun, original game that's just trying to be a fun original game. And I, I really appreciate that. And it looks like it's got some neat mechanics going into it. It looks like it's got a little bit of Pikmin going on. It's really, really interesting. Nice. And then the other one that I'm super excited for is Stray. I don't, I don't know anything about Stray. I just want <laughs> know that I want to play as that cat in that weird robot future. <laughs> I want to be a cat living in a city of robots. It sounds like so much fun. It's awesome. It seems like it's going to be like a doozy yeah. experience. Yeah, uh, right? well, I mean, as far as like, um, like it is all 3D rendered and everything, but yeah, it looks like it's like a platformer style, like 2D platformer in terms of layout. But uh, Reminds me a lot of yeah. a, in, Inside. It does have a little bit of an Inside feel. It's, it's Annapurna, who's done some cool stuff in the past. So like, um, I'm excited to see what comes out of it. Yeah. Again, it, 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 it's my first time watching both of these trailers. I didn't check them out. Canterbridge and uh, Stray. Yeah. The, oh really? I haven't. I didn't watch those trailers. They look pretty good, yeah. Um, for me, honestly, Godfall. Godfall. <laughs> See, I'm a more of a Godfall kind of guy. Get uh, that gearbox tattoo. Get <laughs> over here, right here. It's a gearbox. The <laughs> uh, board, a mask on my on my arm. Clap trap on the. So I liked a lot of stuff. Uh, specifically, like, the thing is, I'm not a big fan of most of Sony games. I gotta be honest with you all on that. I'm, I'm the guy that liked Last of Us 2 better than the first one. So, uh, there's that. Don't, don't kill me, Ryan. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, uh, I think for me the most, the coolest one has been Village. Like, Village just looks, like, so interesting as a Resident Evil game so far. And that's the one I'm, like, ex most excited for. Guess that and Demon Souls remake, 
But also uh, Spider-Man Miles, because, again, as Ryan said, I feel like if it's a shorter game, it's going to work so well with the format, and also Miles Morales is just a, such a cool character that needs the spotlight, and uh, thank God they fixed this here. They gave him an actual hair. That is like, the, the, the highlight of the trailer for me, that he actually, they got someone to make his hair actually be hair. Yeah, so... I think as we were watching that one, you specifically said they finally got a black guy on the, like, animation team who actually knew how, like, black people hair works. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, because, again, when you look at, like, Spider-Man PS4, his hair on that game, like, yeah, that's that's what someone Yeah, yeah, black hair in games traditionally is just, like, such a weird block of nonsense. It's it's very poorly done, usually, yeah. So, seeing... My boy Miles got the actual fade. It was like, That's yes. Great. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I think that uh, wraps up this episode of Moose Mike on uh, video games. Thank you so much for joining us, Ryan. Thank you for having me. Appreciate all the insights. Yeah. It was a blast. Yeah. Hopefully you can come back I later to. for yeah. another episode about yeah. video games. Yeah, when when, De- when, when uh, Destiny 2 comes out, when Li- uh, Beyond Life comes out, <laughs> and I need someone to explain to these guys. Like, <laughs> uh, or uh, another, or, or Cyberpunk. Bombs, and we can bring you back. Say here, here's the guy that said it was gonna bomb before it did. No. It won't bomb. That game, that game is making its money back on pre-release sales alone. But uh, yeah, yeah, awesome. Well, thank you for joining us, Ryan, and thanks thank for you. listening to us, thank guys. You. We'll see you again in two weeks. Yeah, yeah. Bye-bye. Two weeks, guys. See ya. Bye.